Hello, you're listening to the Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here, as always, with the illustrious Chris. I'm illustrious today. I just first thing that came to my mind. I wanted to give you a title. Well, thanks. Okay, we can go like Ultima Online terms. You're a glorious lord, or or illustrious, that, or that's... infamous, or murderer. No, I don't want to go with that. No, no. no. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're from the OtakuSpirit.com website. You can go there for our news, reviews, and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our wonderful community at the top in the link on the forums link button up there thingy. Social media links are on the right side, and our little link for reviews, which we have tons of reviews that we're going through for the spring 2016 season. This is our second part. We're here to knock out like eight-ish more shows, give you what our perspective on each one of them are, and hopefully you don't hate us. Or you're not going to hate me, at least, because I'm going to hate on some things, and 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 then we're going to buff up things that I think people probably hate for some reason. And that's, that's, that's what it's all fun for, getting different perspectives. We can all come together and have fun. Even though me and Chris just got done looking at reviews for Cabinaria and it was like, why that low? I don't I don't understand. <laughs> it's a topic all on its own, but I guess we've talked about it several times before, so I don't know if we want to get into it again. But yeah. Not right now. Yeah. Today um, is for reviews. Our reviews. Yeah. Not somebody else's. That technically, like like we said before, we're not critic crit- critics. No, we're just there's really no critics in the anime sphere. <laughs> I don't know of any <laughs> real critics in the anime sphere. Um, it's just people voicing their opinions. So that's what it's all good for: getting different opinions and enjoying anime together. Hopefully, you're enjoying anime together. If you don't enjoy anime, then it's probably not the market for you. Right. Step away from it. Go watch, you know, TV, American TV. Go paint a picture. I don't know what. I don't know. Our first one we have: unhappy. Uh, or is it unhappy? I think it was on. On. Un, unhappy. Unhappy. Or unhappy. Oh. At first they were saying. You were unhappy. No, at first they were saying it was it was titled unhappy. And that was the joke off the un part. I don't remember you didn't catch ever that. saying you didn't catch that. that. They were talking about licenses as unhappy. But it's an un, unhappy. And it was screaming on Crunchyroll. It ran for 12 episodes. Oh. Oh, the, the first one was unhappy and happy or something like that. Unhappy, unhappy or something. I don't know. I know what you're talking about now. Genres are comedy and school. It, uh, again, ran for 12 episodes. And this takes place in uh, the Tennomifune Academy, uh, Class 1-7, which is like this class that's specifically built for people with issues, I guess. And so we jump into that classroom. We meet uh, Hanako, who seems to have a lot of, like, bad things happen to her for some reason, uh, Hibari, who seems to have some kind of obsession with something weird. Uh, Botan, who is just very ill and harmed easily. I mean, there's this big old huge classroom of characters that just have issues. And they are taught by Kodaira, who is this teacher who assembled them under some kind of organization, again, to kind of help them find happiness, I think it was the biggest thing. On that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's basically a comedy going through each episode uh, as this teacher tries to put them through some kind of course or test to, again, help them find happiness and whatnot. So, yeah. Do you want to start? You want to kick things off? Sure. All right. Chris can I, talk about Unhappy. I absolutely love this show. I think that it was like it, one of the one of the cool things about this show is, th- yeah, these girls have each one of them has their kind of 
quote unquote trope, if you want to call it that. I, I don't know what's the best way of putting it. it each one of them has their mis- misfortune. And each one of their misfortune is, is, you know, it's like progressively worse until you get down to Hanukkah, which is poor girls got the worst luck in the world. I'm, I promise you. But one of the cool things about it is it's these girls having fun in spite of this just horrid luck that they have. And I think that that translated really well throughout the show. I absolutely enjoyed it episode per episode. I, 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 I would chuckle and then I'd get this heartwarming feel out of whatever was going on. And I, I, I think that that translated really well. Um, the overall story, not much here. It was just kind of a, uh, uh, them being happy, even though they are misfortunate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I strongly disagree with everything. Sadly, it's I can't. I actually, this was one of the shows that I dropped early on, but I was like, eh, I might as well continue watching it, just kind of complete it. And the reason why I was going to drop it, and it was the same reason why I ended up not liking it in the very end, was every single episode I was just kind of watching it with glazed over eyes. It was. I think the characters are cute. I, I loved Hibiki and Ren. I think they were adorable. I think I think the show needed more of them in the show. Uh, I love their backstory, but everything else outside of that was just really, oh, there's Hanako, and yes, she's unfortunate. She's fallen, and she's smiling again. There's Hibari. She's obsessed with the sign guy again and trying to hide the fact that she's in love with the sign guy again. There's Botan. She hurt herself again. There's Botan. She broke an arm again. Botan broke a knows she broke her teeth it's just it's the you have here is the group of students they each have their own little quirk whether it be obsession with this uh hibiki keeps getting lost ren has animals that always want to be around her let's replay that joke over and over again for 12 episodes so that's all i got out of the show was here's the, the episode opens up koda ira is saying okay we're gonna go do this for our next qu- uh, quiz to make you happy they go to do that Botan gets hurt. Hanako falls and smiles. Hibari is blushing over the sign. Rent, Hibiki is getting lost and Rent's helping her get found while the cats are chasing after her. That was pretty much like all I got out of the show was that same joke throughout the entire thing. Every now and then they would have this one little moment in there that was, okay, that was kind of cute. Oh, that was a little heartwarming. But for me, 12 episodes of why am I watching this kind of thing. So unfortunate though. Sadly. And the CG was terrible. <laughs> Some of the worst CG. I'm sorry. Not not the worst CG. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not going to downplay it that much. It was just not good CG. And then towards the later part, having this gigantic spaceship Timothy thing flying around, and I wasn't following it, unfortunately. But that's me. Unfortunately, I I, I was a little sad that I didn't get more out of the show just because I liked the character designs, but. It didn't really, didn't provide me with enough, enough stuff. It's a shame. I didn't think you hated it that much. I didn't hate it that much. I'm just <laughs> saying it had the same joke throughout the entire thing. So I enjoyed the joke the first time, and then I got. T- I I will admit I got tired of Botan. They but seemed they, like they it felt, stopped. It felt like they really chilled out on it. I was like, <laughs> they stopped right about point. the time I was like, because it was right after I had I had commented on it in the in the when we did the first impressions, I was like, oh my gosh, this poor Botan girl, she is of 
like explosion of the injury. Teeth, the and teeth was too much for me. When the teeth happened, I was like, <laughs> stop. Just stop. That I don't know. I can watch her break her arm. I can watch her break her leg. I can watch her f- pass out for the 50th million time. But when her teeth crack, I was like, Ew. like, that's the one thing that makes me cringe is teeth breaking. Yeah, that w- <laughs> it, it got kind of kind of painful at a certain I, I started cringing. And then shortly after we did our fir- what uh, did she do to first impression, was it, it one of those kinda... things where they had to grab the, the bread or something like that from the, the pole? Probably. I, I forget what she did to cause that. But yeah, it, it seemed like at some point they stopped with the the ligaments breaking, <laughs> and then it just went from then on. It was just she just passes Passed out, out or everywhere. she's tired all the time, kind of thing. But yeah, like I said, I still loved Hibiki. Every time Hibiki was on the screen, I was happy. I absolutely They're adored Ren and Hibiki's relationship. I absolutely too. adored Hanako. So I and and I know it, it just like I said, it, there was something. I maybe it was just me, you know, kind of connecting because i feel like i'm one of those people who just has bad luck in general <laughs> so this kind this show kind of just worked for me on that level of i i want to find the and that's what hanako was for me is she was this character who you you just fell into a lake and and she's like no i didn't fall into a lake i caught a puppy and she always found this way of flipping it up on its head and it was like that works i love it i give me more of that so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's all we have to say on that one. Um, unhappy. Andrew was a little unhappy. Chris was really happy. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> um, suggestions if you liked unhappy. Uh, definitely suggest three leaves three colors. That was my unhappy of the season. I thought unhappy would be my my fluffy Wakaba girl love show, but actually three leaves three colors. Colors three leaves three colors was so we'll talk about that later though. Uh, Wakaba Girl, like I just said, was definitely one of those ones in the idea of here's cute characters at school or whatever and having fun. Uh, school Live. Why did I put School Live on this list? I don't know. Hanako? <laughs> it is fun and it has some fun moments. Because you, yeah. you're, you're, you're seeing Hanako as, as yes, a I main character in School Live. There. I definitely <laughs> see a connection there. There's badness happening and she is happy. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that fits. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> Uh, and the usual, K-On! is always a, a, a prime example of cute girls doing cute things. And uh, is the order a rabbit? I have to admit, I was reading ahead and I was like, school live. Oh my gosh, where is where is Andrew getting school live? Uh, oh, Hanako? I, I guess you could see Hanako. And then you say it and you're like, I don't understand. Okay, yeah, Hanako? <laughs> Sometimes I write these outlines. Sometimes I write the outlines forgetting. It sounds great in your head. And then later on I forget why. Like, oh yeah, that was right. That's probably the connection I made. Uh, moving forward, let's go on to uh, Bungo Stray Dogs. Uh, probably one of the bigger disappointments in the season, but we'll get into that. Oh, I, I thought we were going to be completely flipped on this one. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on the same track of me then. Uh, Bungo Stray Dogs, it streamed on Crunchyroll, ran for 12 episodes. Uh, the genres are action, comedy, mystery, mystery, mysteria, um, supernatural. And it uh, takes place in uh, basically more, mostly around this particular agency, which is called the Detective Agency. Um, and the characters within it. When you first start off, you meet uh, Nakajima, who is like a homeless kid who's just kind of put out from all these different homeless shelters because everybody believes he's bringing misfortune upon them. And he meets Daizai, who is trying to commit suicide, saves him, and is kind of brought into the detective agency uh, for certain reasons. And it kind of just follows this detective agency as 
pretty much each episode, they're trying to figure out something. Uh, sometimes the issue they're trying to address is spanned over multiple episodes, but it's usually revolved around the Port Mafia within this particular city. And the Port Mafia is like one of the biggest groups, biggest crime organizations in this particular area. They're very feared, mainly because of one of the members of the Port Mafia is very dangerous. And so it's really just following them as they're trying to figure out uh, certain crimes, fixing them, and then ultimately getting tied up with the Port Mafia, who, for some reason, has gotten a bounty. They're trying to fulfill a bounty to get the money from the bounty on Nakajima's head because uh, somebody has mysteriously somebody has placed a bounty on Nakajima. So the detective agency is trying to sort of protect him, but at the same time, they're using him as they go out and do their detectorial work. Out of, out of curiosity, <sighs> it, was there another episode after the doll girl? No. It, 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 that's one of my weaknesses that I listed here, <laughs> manga okay. baits. Gotcha. <laughs> I guess you can get that out of the way. This show definitely left on a manga bait drop end. Um, nothing really got resolved in the end. Um, you just kind of introduce a p- couple characters I think the biggest issue I have with this show, even putting aside the manga bait, because people know I don't like manga bait, is the fact that this show ran in place for far too long. Like, the very first, like, six or seven episodes just really felt like it was going nowhere. I think we mentioned that during the first impressions was like, my gosh, get on with it already. It seems like they're just stuck where they're at and they're not really doing anything with this world. Because I like the world. I like the powers. I like the style of the show. It has, it, it just bleed style i like the style of the show it looks good but it wasn't doing anything it was just stuck in one place and a lot of that i think probably and chris will probably definitely agree with me is in the humor of the show i coming in the first episode i was like the humor was okay i was kind of going along with it it felt very fun but it then after a while i'm like i suddenly go oh yeah that's right this isn't funny like none of this none of this show is funny it's trying to be funny it is it keeps jumping into these little comedic beats where suddenly these characters are bouncing off each other i like daizai and uh uh kuni kita who are kind of been partners for a long time they're kind of partnership we've known each other for a long time we know each other's quirks and we're constantly at each other's throat even though we're friends was fun at first, but then I realized, okay, we're doing this again, and it's getting kind of old, move on kind of thing. So this show kind of just got stuck in place for far too long. It wasn't until I think they got into, uh, I loved Yosuno's uh, episode. I like when they started jumping into Izumi. That's when the story finally started getting interesting. They had this, this cool chick that was kind of in this train, and she had this ability to summon this uh, kind of a spirit with a blade, and moving on from there forward, jumping right into the Port Mafia, I was like, okay, we're finally getting into something. This is finally interesting. And then it ends, and it says, see you next time in the manga, pretty much. It was like, okay, you finally give me something, and then you just cut it off, almost like you were just kind of doing this on purpose. Like, you you finally reveal some interesting cards in the show. You finally get the characters moving. You finally get them motivated to do something. You finally start opening up the bigger picture, and then you cut it off. So that's like, I can't suggest this to anybody because I'd basically be saying, hey, you want a PV for the manga? Just wait until maybe the, the seventh or so episode and it'll finally start getting good and then you'll know that this is going to be a great manga. Move on kind of thing. So, very, very unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, I came away from it was definitely with a... And, and 
I even it took me a little bit longer to kind of get into it. I the the humor didn't work for me. The um, the characters were moderately interesting, but my must my biggest frustration was just when I finally was on board was when I finally seen one of their action scenes and I was like, wow, you can actually do something here. And I wanted to watch it more for the action scenes, which was something that I don't think I've ever had. <laughs> it was one of those I, shows that has that clever uses of yeah. multiple abilities too. It yeah, knows it, what it has and it uses them in a way that's like, I can see this working better. And then it does it and you go, yeah, that was cool. There's a payoff there kind of thing. And, and even, even at the later episodes, when, when I finally found a, a couple characters that I was actually kind of on board with and they finally did some, it was like at, at one point we got what we were at episode 10 and I'm like, well, there's our, ac our cool action scene for the, <laughs> for five episodes. We were, we were apparently getting a, a, a cool action scene every five episodes or so. I don't, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it's, it's such a, to me, it was a, a huge waste of potential. There was just so much here that could have been worked with. And I, I came away very, very disappointed except for getting a couple of really cool action scenes and a couple of pretty decent characters. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like when they got into uh, Higuchi, Higuchi oh, that episode was kind of cool too. But yeah, it was, it was. It's funny how this show kind of fell in the realm of. Uh, I heard a lot of people saying I gave this show three episodes and it it, it hooked me with that third episode. And I was like, I wonder if they purposely did that because it seemed like everybody was giving their first impressions based off three episodes and going, this hooked me on the three episode. And I was decided to go watch it some more and then it just kind of stopped. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I think they kind of planned that third episode sequence just to kind of hook you in. They're listening to the Westerners and their, yeah. their crazy three-episode rule. It's going to be like, how to make it big in West. <laughs> make a three... Dump everything on the first episode. <laughs> get the hook in the third episode. And then you got them because they're like, oh, I already went three episodes. I might finish the rest of it. Um, but yeah. Definitely wanted more of this show. Maybe we'll get another season. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it definitely started building up to something. And it just kind of... It wasted too much time, I guess, is the, the main key point. But it, like I said before, great combat sequences, really cool usage of abilities and kind of mix-matching them. Um, visually, I just, I love the style of it and everything like that. So, and it had a few good, good characters in there as well. So, uh, suggestions. Do da da da. Was that a, was that a question? Do -da -da? It's all your, it's it has, all you, it has, man. It has do da da fills all in it and do da 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 is way better written and just consistently awesome so uh and it definitely has a kind of tunnel shift but it doesn't in a really good way with the you know, the humor and whatnot um bacano is definitely another one in the same vein of style um the more darker elements of this show would kind of fit better with bacano so you can check that out uh blood Bucket battlefront i want to rewatch that now that it's fully available and i want to no see it in one cohesive run through <laughs> rather than you know missing that final episode for so long but uh, it definitely has the same kind of style and everything to it. The K-Series is definitely another excellent uh, show. Visually awesome. Modern setting. Kind of in a, a town with abilities kind of thing. And I also put Blast of Tempest in there. Even though we had our issues with Blast of Tempest. Go in that one very hesitantly. But I'd also suggest that one as well. Yeah. I, I almost want to go back and watch that show again. <laughs> Just the first part of it. Not when it starts getting the weird, uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, superhero thing. That's where it kind of no, is. No, I want to watch the entire thing just to decide if I really, <laughs> really did hate it as much as. <laughs> so we can go through this whole torturous thing again where we go, 
I just wanted it for that one character. Well, okay, consider how, how often do I how me. often do I rewatch stuff? All the time. You watch Tenchi Moyo about five hundred million times. No, I've only watched it maybe five, five times. <laughs> the first episode only. Um, move on to uh, Kumamiko. Girl, you know, are we really going oh, to hit this one there. already? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> do while it's still fresh in the mind. Yeah, we really do. We just want to wait until that that whole uh, drama thing fades away. No, we can do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Kumamiko, Girl Meets Bear. Uh, this show was streaming on Funimation, ran for 12 episodes. It's a comedy, sinin, and I, I put the genre there a long time ago, and I left it there, which is genre kawaii. There you go. So, uh, And this takes place in a out-in-the-sticks area in Japan. Uh, up in the mountains, they have their own shrine there, and there is a Miko there, which her name is Machi, and she's a shrine maiden who takes care of the shrine's uh, bear, basically, named Natsu. And early on, you really quickly realize that this Natsu is very special in a way that he can actually talk. He seems like a normal person, um, but he is also still the the bear of this shrine. He's kind of allowed to be seen by the natives there, but also they kind of keep it hush-hush to the outside world. Um, but the weird aspect of the show is even though you have Machi there, and she's very adorable... And she's taking care of this bear, Natsu, who's kind of seems more like a... They they grew up together, um, so they're kind of... They seem like the same age, but at the same time, Natsu almost seems like this parental uh, guardian to Machi because at some point, Machi says, I am sick of being out in the sticks. I want to live in the big city. I, I, the big city, I want to I move away. I want to go to Tokyo. I'm going to go to school there. I, I want to be a big city girl. But Natsu is like... No, I partly because you kind of see that Natsu doesn't want her to leave, but also because she's been out in the sticks for a little bit too long her entire life, and she doesn't understand the world itself. So Natsu's constantly giving her like quizzes and tests and stuff and trials to kind of prove to her that she doesn't really have what it takes to live in the big city. And so she'll take these trials, and there's these little uh, questionnaires and whatnot, and most of the time, not even understand what the heck he's saying. Like he'll he'll say what what's this, and it ends up being like a, a market, uh, the name of a market, and she'll just like it's got to be this, this, and this, and this, and her mind just starts wandering into like obscure things, and then she'll always in the end kind of figure out, oh well, I don't really have what it takes, but I still want to go, kind of thing. So that's kind of the premise. It is a comedy, so it is kind of stuck in the idea of here's this another kind of adventure they're going to do, and there's a comedy beat to it. But I think more so than that, it's not that it's like episodic comedy, here's another bit, here's another bit, here's another bit. It always seems to have like a through line where it's kind of trying to push into something like Machi going out to uh, a job or Yoshio. It usually kind of involves Yoshio. Yoshio is kind of a... I would kind of put him as a parental figure for Machi, even though, like I said earlier, Natsu kind of seems to be a guardian. Yoshio is kind of the one that ends up being the father figure for her and he kind of is in with the village council and he they're doing this whole thing of trying to bring in tourism to the location and so he's usually using machi to get this kind of result so at some point he's kind of trying to get her to go out and do this certain thing that will promote the the village and she doesn't want to do that but she's kind of forced to and has to do kind of stuff so it does have a through line through the entire show it's just kind of it also has comedy. It also has a lot of uh, heartwarming bits throughout the entire thing that kind of encompass it. Thoughts? I loved it. Okay. 
I think it was adorable um, pretty much all the way through. Um, I, I do, I do think that there is a little bit of warranted and it's very, very light. I do think it's, I, I don't think people, I think people have vastly over, um, over exaggerated, um, a bit of the sexualization of Machi. I, I, I think it's been vastly over over exaggerated. The really huge issue that came into the show was really that okay, people are giving them the you know the first couple episodes to watch to see if mm-hmm. this is a good show. And within those first few episodes, two things happened. One was that they had the storytelling of the the legend of where Natsu came from, this idea that back in the the long time ago there was this bear, this spirit this spiritual bear that talked to people and it bred with this 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 uh, this Miko or the Shrine Maiden, and they kind of go, "Oh, well, is this happening with Machi and Natsu?" And that blew up like crazy. Like everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, his bear's getting with his girl." And it's like, no, they were just telling that story, and people were misconstruing it to this. The other issue was that within those first few episodes, you have this issue with y- Yoshio. I I put it in my notes, and it was at some point, I don't know, about halfway through the show. They finally pointed out that Yoshio was actually a father figure to Machi because he basically raised her. And they didn't establish that early on. So the moments where he's like, I don't understand why you won't, you're so embarrassed to, to change around me. And it's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. You should probably have established him as being a father figure a long time ago because he doesn't see her sexually. And so there, it's that element that you're saying. It's like, there is an element of etchy in the show, but it's like, I don't think it's that bad, and at the same time, I don't want to be uh, apologizing for it, but at the same time, I can see where the misconceptions come from, because I don't think that they they played into things properly, and it ended up being something that people blow out of proportion. Yeah. And, and that's and that's really what it, what I was getting around to, is 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 the, the idea that it... Something very, very minor, and, uh, and, and it's like, I... I w- I remember pointing out the idea of this this one little clip of five seconds worth of the entire show turning into um, this. The entire first episode was just Pedo Bear the the anime. Pedo, what what show are you guys watching here? <laughs> I yes, there's a joke in there. It took took a few seconds to get around to the joke, but when it got to the joke, it was kind of like, bam! It it put put down this hammer of this is not what we are, and then it moved on. And I I applaud it for that. And then later on, yeah, the 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 scene that that Andrew was talking about, where he's you know yanking off her clothes because he wants to put on a a. Uh, 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 well, specifically, it was a scene where she went in there to change, and Natsu went in there with her, and she was okay with Natsu seeing her change, but he's upset. Like, why would you let Natsu let you see, uh, see you change? I don't know why it's embarrassing for me to to be in the room, kind of thing. And she, the entire time, was flustered and embarrassed and everything. And it's like, yeah, I can see where that probably would upset. People. And, and there's and there's this natural transition that that I'm sure that that kids go through. Of, I, I I'm. I've never really experienced it myself, but I, it, it does seem natural that there is this transition where kids are fine with their parents being in the room when they're changing, and then later on they become modest and they realize, "Hey, I'm not comfortable with this no more." And then yeah. that's 
and and obviously that's a recent thing that's happened for Machi, and I I'm fine with that. I I don't think it was overly sexualized in that in that matter. And that's the thing. It's like at, at one hand I don't at, at one hand I don't want to apologize for it because I understand that it's going to be an issue for people. Um, at the other hand, it's like I also see the idea that it is a innocence thing, and without I didn't feel that it sexualized it, so I feel it's more of an innocence thing. Do I think it? Sh- do I wish it wasn't there just so that people wouldn't get hung up on it? Yeah, I kind of do because I want people to watch this show. And the three scenes that we've mentioned was pretty much all that there was. Everything else was not really in that realm. It was just these brief moments where it's dancing on the line of innocence versus a little bit too much, and that's enough to really turn people away. And that's kind of sad because the rest of the show is very enjoyable. I loved. Now, I, I can say that at some point they kind of go, okay, we're going to take the show in this direction. We're going to we're gonna take Machi and we're going to go this direction for the specific ending, you know, huge climax scene. Like, I don't, it's not too big of a thing, but uh, Yoshio wants Machi to become an idol to, to bring pe- to tourists in. And that's the direction it goes for, like, probably the later half of the show. Not really later half, maybe more like the, the later third, I guess I would, I would say. That's where it kind of jumped into an area where I was like, okay, I, I, it started losing a lot of its flavor because the first two-thirds of the show, I was loving the humor. I was loving the Machi seeing everything and incorrectly or her being embarrassed about something or her fighting very hard to to be something. Misunderstandings, that's the word I'm looking for. Misunderstandings. She, she gets a lot of misunderstanding moments, and that's where a lot of the humor comes from. And I like that heartwarming aspect of, I think Machi and Natsu are just wonderful. They're just, they're like these two that are just inseparable. They they love each other very much. And I that's where a lot of the heartwarming moments come for the show. It's just a very heartwarming show in seeing Machi and Natsu kind of interact and do different things. Doing the, the, the ceremonial dances, beautiful. I loved it. The comedy that was surrounding that. All those moments, I just loved. And then, like I said, at that last third of the show, it turns into something else. And it was kind of jarring to me, but at the same time, I seen the value in it. It was, it went from a comedy and a lighthearted with some heartwarming moments to a show that was really addressing something serious. It was addressing, like, social anxieties. And they kind of touched on it here and there with the early parts, like having her go to a a marketplace in a big city or or a semi-big city, uh, trying to go into a store that she's kind of embarrassed Social anxieties were just all over the place. And I think they played off the social anxieties very well. Like the having her work at a marketplace and trying to speak up and just seeing everybody as being dark and and against her. A lot of those things felt very real, and I think they portrayed it very well. And it was like one of those moments like, I want to protect her and I want to take her away to safety. <laughs> but it was it was done well enough. And I think that's what they were trying to do with that last third. And they did it well enough. It just it seemed like it was two different shows for me. And, I, and it's not a bad thing, but it's just one of those things where I love this show for what it was in the first parts. And then th- that later part, it was like, okay, this is something completely different. I still kind of like it, but not the same flavor, if that makes sense. All right. Um, it's, speaking on the last part, I, I do kind of want to bring up, because there's a lot of controversy involving the last episode. And no, you're going to actually bring it up in here. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I said, are you sure you're going to talk about this one? Um, there is this there's this thing involving what the original mangaka had 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 pointed out and everybody's blowing up about it and saying that that this is 
wasn't because yes, this is an original ending and everybody knows that. But the mangaka in particular, and and I don't know how many people have actually read it, but I'm going to go ahead and read a translation on a website. Take it for what it is. It says, I, I watched the last episode of Kumamiko. I would like to thank everyone in the anime staff. I'm sure there was much difficulty in making this anime. I personally learned the hard way about the power of anime. I want to give my heartfelt gratitude to all who did their best to the very end. I rejected the request to do script checks, and I left the script to the script writer's discretion because they are professionals. As even though I don't have any qualifications to say this, I would like to let you know my thoughts as a fan of the original work. What Yoshio said, he did not like, effectively. Um, And that's his thought on the matter, and thank you for reading And the funny thing is, is that that turned into the entire last episode he didn't like. And I, I think that's very much taking what he said out of context. I believe what he said there was what Yoshio said. And I believe that that is in reference to Yoshio pointing out, um, Machi and what Mikos are in, in respect to the village. And I, I think that's enough to, I don't want to go into spoiler and all that stuff, but I think that's really what he is talking about. And I, because even when I watched that last episode, when Yoshio said that, I was like, whoa, that was dark <laughs> for, even for Yoshio, I can't even see him saying that. And, but I do understand why, what it was in, in context to the story, but I do think it was very dark and it jarred me out of that particular scene. And I, I thought it was almost cruel and, and unsettling to a point. Does that make sense? I didn't see it as that. I see it as a analogy that he was making in reference I, to th- what everybody was doing. I agree. I do see it in, in the context of what he was saying. I understand it. I do think it was cruel and jarring because it, it it reduced the a little girl to no, nothing more than a tool that they were using and i i i felt hurt by that statement yeah people say stupid things and are very hurtful but no it's, it's the same thing as whenever some uh writer comes out and says this is what i'm talking about yada 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 and then somebody takes one sentence out of it that yeah out of context seems really mean but in this context of everything else makes sense and that's pretty much the same concept there is going, he said that one line, he's evil, he's a mean person. I don't know why he would do that kind of thing. So I, I don't really see it because in the context of everything else, it was an analogy placed into a context of everything else. It's not like that was literally what he wanted to do. Well, no, my point is, is that he he wasn't talking about the entire episode. He was talking about that one line. And yes, I I can see that because even me as the viewer... I don't see Yoshio as that kind of a person. And it could be a thing where we got a different translation than what he actually said. I mean, there's there's no way for us to tell. He could have been a lot more darker in the than in the literal translation of it. So yeah, and and, and like like I said, in 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 context, remember this is an original ending. Yes, that is important. Um, it, so it 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 veered off of the manga and what he what happened in those last few episodes was completely the script writers and what they decided to make 
And what he was saying is he had a problem with what Yoshio said towards the end, meaning to me that he had didn't really have much of a problem with the ending so much as he had a problem with what Yoshio said. And the other problem that comes from this whole thing is like, technically he's just saying a minor comment about one thing. He's not saying, I hate you studio. I cannot believe you did that. He's not angry at the studio. The studio just did what they did. We watched the episode. We didn't get, we didn't die from watching it. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's angry. Nobody's throwing stuff at each other. Well, no, why make it something bigger than it? People are turning it into this is, this is what my main problem with it is thing. And it's the same thing with everything else in anime where people see something, they, they make an assumption. They, they spout out something and ends up becoming truth because people keep repeating it over and over and over again. Yeah. They're turning it into, Oh, well, the Mangaka hated the entire last two ep- last three episodes. There was a big old fallout. No, no, no. You you're taking one sentence and turning it into something more than it is. It's he had a problem with one line that Yoshio said. Not the entire last three episodes per se. Whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, good show. I definitely definitely never. Definitely recommend it if you're okay with getting past the subtle, etchy moments they have in it. Like I mentioned before, maybe like three of them, three scenes, and they're really brief. Um, but I know that'd be offensive to some people. But I think overall, it's just if you want a really cute show, I think Machi is adorable. And I think they play off the fact that she's adorable throughout the entire show. And it works very well for the show. So, uh, Shrine Maidens are cute. So, it works. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> Help me here. Um, suggestions. Uh, definitely Inari Kong Kong Koi Roha. I think both the main characters are absolutely adorable in both those shows. It plays off of shrines. It plays off of spirits of the shrines and mishaps. I think uh, Inari Kong Kong's more in the realm of like break your heart, heartwarming stuff versus this one's more in the comedy realm. Uh, Jingatsuni, you were kind of okay yeah, on the show, it, so it, that's it, in it the would same do realm. fine. Yeah, it would do fine. Same realm of uh, Amiko and some it, kind of it would spirit. be like if if Kumamiko was a, a, a seven, Inari Konkon would be a nine, and then Gingatsuni would be kind of like a six or seven type area. Yeah. Uh, if you're looking more in the straight up comedy that's dealing with girls with some kind of uh, spirits, you can check out uh, Kokori San, which we mm-hmm. enjoyed. Uh, if you're looking for a girl with Similar issues of anxiety. You can check out one. I was, I was I was trying to see where you were going with that one, but yeah, I, I can, remember I, that one. I remember <laughs> that one. There was another one I put there, and I for a minute was going, "Oh, that's right, anxieties." Yeah, yeah. Sorry. She definitely has kind of social anxieties, and she deals with them in odd ways. But you know, it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, another show that's in the sticks that we enjoyed was Brakaman. You can check out that one. Oh, by so. far. I mean. Or even in, all the as well, so. all the feels that you could get out of this show, you'll get like ten times more. So yeah, Brockamon yeah. hits it well without controversies of the ending. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, moving forward, let's jump into Cabinary from one controversy to another, or what? Jeez, Andrew, <laughs> you want to call it controversy, and uh, then another one after that? I see another, that that next one. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I can go there too. Uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress or Kotetetsu Studio no Cabinary. Uh, this was streaming on Amazon Prime. It ran for 12 episodes and uh, just recently got announced that they're going to do a Crunchyroll release of the Blu-ray DVD, yes. which is kind of surprising. Gonna going to snatch that up. <laughs> going, wait, is Amazon going to make it? Nope. Crunchyroll is announcing they're going to do it. So please do a good job of it because this show is beautiful. And I love it. So the genres are action, drama, fantasy, and horror. And this one takes place 
in a kind of alternate uh, world where it's the same world that we went through the Industrial Revolution, but during the Industrial Revolution, uh, this monster kind of appears, and they call it Kabane. And the Kabane are basically humans that have been infected with some kind of thing that makes them almost zombie-esque-slash-vampire-esque type beings that have iron plating or iron guarding around their hearts. And the only way to kill them is, well, they've, they've beheaded them and it kind of seems to work really well, but to kill them, they have to puncture this this heart that's within this iron closure. And uh, at some point, you kind of quickly, you meet uh, Ikoma, who is this kind of engineer, smart guy who's trying to develop a way of killing these uh, Kabane. And also this other train appears that is taking along this girl named Mume, and they're coming to meet uh, the leader of that particular town because each one of these towns are kind of they're kind of train stops. Each location is a town that is inclu- is is surrounded by these gigantic walls, and the only way to enter them or travel between them is through these really iron plated and sh- just unmovable trains that kind of go between each location. And at some point, this other train is is due to arrive to the town, but it has been compromised. It has just these Kabane all over it. They've been taken over, and it's coming full head into this town. It takes out the front uh, gates. It crashes into it. Tons of Kabane come pouring out of it, and the entire town gets taken over, and so everybody is kind of forced to flee. Um, During this entire time, what happens is uh, Ikoma is trying to test out... Of course, he's dealing with the frantic thing that's going on as well. He tests out his new weapon that he's created to kill these Kabane, and it works successfully, but at the same time, he gets bitten, and he does a weird method of containing that infection and still be is able to remain a human, and that's kind of the something that's kind of unheard of, because when you get bitten, you pretty much Kabane, usually most people carry these suicide bags with them. If they get infected, they will just immediately, you know, use this bomb on their heart and kill themselves. Uh, but Ikoma is doesn't want to fear the element. I mean, early on in the first episode, he keeps pointing out the idea of not to fear what's outside there. Um, so he decides to try out this new method of, in a, in a moment's notice, he pretty much just kind of uses this method to kind of keep himself from becoming a Kabane. And what comes from that is kind of this mixture of... Uh, Ikoma goes with this train with the surviving people of the town leaving... Um, he meets Mume at some point, who Mume is really strong, and she's, she fights these Kabane. Um, but Mume points out to the people of the, the, the train, as well as Ikoma, is that during this whole thing, because he now has this glowing heart similar to the Kabane, he has actually become this new type of breed, which is called a Kabaneri. And the Kabaneri are basically someone that's in between a human and one of these Kabane. So he still has the mind of a human, he still has the strengths of a human, but he also has these benefits that come with being a Kabane, where he can't really die. He's, he's, he's bitten like crazy, and he doesn't get taken over from it. Um, he, gets, he gets a little bit stronger and whatnot, so that's what the Kabane are. And now, on this train leaving this destroyed village, they are now the new protectors of this, this train, the Kototetsu, Kototetsujo, as they go to find a new home to go to. So they're basically protecting them. But at the same time, everybody's afraid of them because there's a really strong element of, again, like I mentioned earlier, this fear element. Ikoma's really against the idea of being afraid of these these Kabane. So there's this fear of the Kabane. And so when somebody sees, yeah, Ikoma's got this glowing heart, 
they immediately think he's a Kabane. He's not a co- this other thing you're talking about. He is a Kabane. He needs to be killed. He needs to be taken away because he could turn on us at any moment. He could bite us or whatnot. And so that's that, that's the element that early on in the show it's kind of really playing off of. Of is even though he did help them, they still fear him and they don't want him around them. Him around them. And at the same time, there's this kind of trying to keep order on the train um, and realize really where your guns should be pointing, kind of thing. So. There's so many things I could talk about with this show. It's not yeah, funny. Yeah, it, when, <laughs> I'm is, trying so hard not to get into things. This is another one of those shows that we're talking about. And do we want to do an entire show on this? It's this show. I will say that I, I forced it into this particular part because it was going to be on a third part review because I thinking I might want to do that in the following weeks. Okay. And this one, this one, I, I absolutely going into it. The first episode, it blew me away is is this going in, showing what what the stakes were, what what they were fighting against, how dangerous they were, what was their power, how strong they were, all these things in just the first like th- three minutes, and then then you get all everything kind of compacted into this destroying their their sense of security, p- placing them in and showing them hope. And then, then going into the ne- the second episode, you see what is the true fighting back. How do the, you fight back? And then it showed that, and it just it became something more. And and I, and this is one of those. This is the show that me and Andrew were constantly going on about how. <laughs> At the beginning of the season, we watched it over and over and over and over again. I mean, I don't rewatch shows, and we were watching this like three, four times a a week. We it was so great, um, and it blew me away. Absolutely held held itself strong, even up until the point where <laughs> I found something that it did wrong that I didn't like. It, okay. I don't, I don't want to say did wrong. It did something that I felt was weak and I didn't care for it, but I kind of just pushed past it because it was like with a show that was doing so well, one little flaw is not going to bother me that much. And by the, by the ending, it knocked it right on out of the park and just one line blew me away. And I was like, stuck the landing great show i i love it yeah that was that was one of the troubling things because yeah like we mentioned he mentioned uh for a while there what we were doing is we watched the first episode then we watched one and two and then we watched one two and three and then we watched two three and four i mean we were we were keeping to this going back two episodes every week and then at some point like we've mentioned before we realized it's going to take an entire like two days to to do that here soon so we, we stopped doing that so um we were gonna we we're watching the entire series i mean I, I think like the early on this this show let's let's get it out of the way uh yeah first episode I had some Attack on Titan vibes hit me here and there which really just the knocking out the wall and these things climbing over the stuff that was really all I got Attack on Titan out of the show because everything after that was just an amazing show that just stands out far greater than Attack on Titan in my opinion so it's just I like the writing I like the characters I like the world I like how they 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 show you things rather than tell you things. It doesn't try to take too much time to show you everything because then otherwise you're going to sit there and just talk and talk and talk. So it doesn't do that. 
it had so many great moments, especially early on, that I thought were just fantastic. Like the the scene I think I've mentioned before, this whole moment where Ikoma is ousted by the 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 group, the 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 surviving group, and they're telling him they don't want him in there because he's a Kabane. And then yet it has this whole really epic scene where he's basically just he's basically cursing them while at the same time helping them. And I love that scene. It's like one of those moments where I'm like, this is great writing in my opinion. Then have these brief moments where they humanize the characters, even though there is this question of what is a human, what is a what is a Kabane. Humanizing they, they the characters that. to help you see that they're still, you know, they're a character you can really grab onto. With Mume, they did such a fine job of balancing this line between making sure you knew she was she had this dangerous side and yet at the same time reminding you as they were humanizing her, I guess is the better way of putting it as they were humanizing her, go right back and say, but don't forget, she is a dangerous thing. No, I still like the idea that they still, they still show on a regular basis that she's a child. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that's lost in a lot of people. I mean, we were kind of joking about the idea of the reviews that we were kind of seeing, but it was like, I don't think people will realize that she's a child. And the the reason why she has so many points in the show that people don't understand is because you're not seeing it as a fact that she is a child. And there is reasons behind that. I didn't really find anything in this entire show that I felt was inconsistent. I didn't find anything in the show that told me that they weren't sure what they were going to do with the character. Everything felt like it fit for me. Yeah, I don't particularly like certain characters because they don't really have... Uh, they didn't take too much time to get too much into them and sell me completely, but there's also characters where you, you're you not really meant to understand them because if you understood them, then you would probably be needing to seek help. I mean, there's there's certain things that you can only go so far with certain characters, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I always found every character to be consistent with from the beginning to the end, and that's what I really liked. Yeah, they do change their mind at certain points, but their changing of mind made sense. And there's a lot of really power... Ayami is a powerful character. I loved her character, and they did really well in slowly progressing her into what she was. Uh, Mume, I think, was a, a strong character, and to have a, a strong female character in an anime is also a great thing. I love that. In Ikoma, I think he's a brilliant character, and they established that really early on, that he's a brilliant character. He's a smart guy. He's always been... They never told me anything to the opposite that he's a basically a genius and he's an inventor and so it makes sense and he even has he a little bit of a geeky side yeah he's geeky <laughs> and, he, and he and he and he's a determined person they established that really on that he's a determined person I, there's just so many things in here that I, I don't see any faults in it i liked uh how the i think we mentioned before the idea of like a character uh how they establish really quickly that everybody kind of has the same story of the tragedy of their life and they tell it, but at the same time, they still say, oh, yeah, that's common. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I'm going to sit here and just blab on and blab on with all these things, and nobody really cares, probably. But I think it's solid characters. I, I love the suspense in the show. They had a lot of really powerful moments of overcoming that I think were great. Adding them to that, the music being done by Sawano Hiroyuki. I mean, great musical scores in there that just ramp up every emotional scene. Um, the visuals were great. I mean, there was only maybe two scenes where I was like, Man, I kind of wish that was a little bit better, done a little bit better. But for the most part, the show was just gorgeous. Uh, I've I've heard they've been doing, uh, they were doing new types of styles of animation for uh, skin tones and stuff like that, and it shows really well in the show because it's it's very artistic, it's very beautiful. 
and they just seem like they were knocking it out of the park with the visuals. I mean, we mentioned before with Ayami and how she was taking off this uh, necklace off of her, uh, off, taking this necklace off that had a key on it, and it takes the time to have it kind of brush through the, her bangs. I mean, and they did it again to the later part, so yeah. I was like, <laughs> that was fan service, total fan service. Um, but yeah, I... I, I granted I do believe that at some point they introduced this guy uh, later on in the show and I felt like it kind of started slugging a lot of the the love and just perfect writing they had in the first early parts kind of dwindled a little bit away with the introduction of that character um, and it really did kind of shift into this is your new enemy kind of thing but I still like I agree with Chris I was really afraid with how they were going to land the ending and I think they. I was very afraid when we turned on that last episode. I was like, please don't mess this up. Yeah. And I loved it. I, I think the music was great. They had some amazing symbol symbolism. They visual symbolism they did that were just beautiful. And they just knocked it out of the park with the, the later parts of that show. So or that episode. So it turns out to be a show that I just I highly recommend. I just I see no faults in it. And I wish that people would not I, I guess I can't really say I wish people would not be down on something if they they don't like something they don't like something but seeing some of the reviews for the show it's like really is it that upsetting to you that you you think it's that disgusting to anime to have this show I mean even if I went into the show being like hypercritical of everything I'm still not going to give it anything less than a five but loving as much as I have and just I think it's a lot in the idea that we watch this on a big screen blaring sound this was our week that we weekly show where we just turn the audio full blast and watch the show and just great audio and every week it was something that i really enjoyed and i look forward to watching it and it was something i enjoyed because we we were hyper analysis uh, analyzing but we were hyper analyzing the the elements that were just kind of clever writing subtle things they were throwing here and there that just made the show stand out for me yeah, it, it it is one of those things. It's it, you 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 sit here and you wonder how is it possible to truly hate something that I thought was wonderful. I do, I I just don't get it. I and I'm not I'm not saying that people don't have different tastes. I just I I don't I don't understand it. I I really don't. That I, makes you wonder if there's something behind it. I think one of the issues this show had going really early on, like first couple episodes, and everybody's first impression was. I think people came off of Attack on Titan was great when it came out. There ain't no denying it. Well, I guess you can deny it, but I I feel that in the circles that I was in when Attack on Titan came out, everybody was talking about it. They were just they were blowing their gaskets over. They were just like, "Oh my gosh, this is so great. This is so epic." And I think what came out of that was this this taste for it. Everybody was like, "Oh, everybody like that? No, I'm going to hate it." Just like Sword Online. It's it's over it's overhyped. It's it's it, it's crap, and thus I'm going to hate it because I want to be different or whatever. I'm not saying everybody's like that. I'm just saying this little consistent group that I'm building. <laughs> this little party I'm building right here that's make-believe. And I think what came from that was when Attack when, when uh, Cabinary came out, Attack on Titan was immediately pegged onto that. And so you had this group of people that hated Attack on Titan because everybody loved it. Now they're going to hate Cabinary because it, they think that it's, it's Attack on Titan number two. Yeah. And it's not. And I think that was... And it is, and it's hatred for it. It's and it is, and it's funny because you see a lot of that in in there. And there is people who have honest criticisms. I, I, 
I understand them. I don't agree with them. Yeah. But I, I understand that there is honest criticism. No, we, we, had, we had Logan it, on the air, and he showed he gave us some criticism. Right. I, I'm not saying Logan hated the show. I'm just saying during our podcast, he was pointing out these flaws that was bothering him. And we agree. We were like, I can see that, but I kind of see it this way. And look, we we finished that podcast, and we're still hugging each other. I yeah. Mean, and, and, and so understand, this is not this is not the people who have honest criticisms. This is not who we're talking about. We're talking about the people who it almost seems like they're 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 prejudging it based on like Andrew was saying the Attack on Titan. I hate Attack on Titan, even though it is this hype Titan. Uh, <laughs> see what it's, I did there. It's overrated. Yeah, it's overrated. Uh, but the, it's this hype cloud of just doom. You cannot ever touch it because of its fandom. I don't fall into that fandom. I, I, I appreciate Attack on Titan. I think it's a great show. I don't fall into their 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 fandom. I don't think it is the greatest show ever. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I... I, I do look at this show, and I, 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 like I said, I do have a problem with something in the writing. I don't think it was necessary, but I'm, I'm fine with them using it because they stuck the landing at the end. I, and I was satisfied with how, they, how it came out. Now, at the same time, what I don't like is the idea of taking Attack on Titan and putting it on this, because there was that at the very beginning. Everybody was going, it's Attack on Trains. And well, that's, it's, like, that's like and even after the show's ended, there's still people saying, which studio brings their amazing aerial combat sequences to Cabin Area? I unfortunately like, because Mume jumped a couple times, that suddenly <laughs> she's got grappling hooks and steam-powered things. No, she's just jumping. It's not Attack on Titan. And I love Attack on Titan for their aerial dynamic fighting. That was cool. But this is something completely different. She flipped a couple times. That doesn't make it suddenly aerial combat from Wit Studio. And it and it, it it is one of those things. It's like I I appreciate the idea of giving an honest honest criticism, but doing a criticism because it is Attack on Titan. No, it is not Attack on Titan. And it, I even got a kick out of it after people bashed it the first couple weeks that was coming out. And then suddenly a lot of them started backtracking on it. It's like, oh, wait, you guys realized it's not as bad as you thought it was because you had that attack on Titan. And then so the people who were honestly watching it and realizing that it was good are the ones who kind of chilled out on it. And then there came in this other group that I'm not really sure what what these guys are after, but I do think it is kind of put into the attack on Titan. But I also think it is this. I ain't got to be cool, so therefore I hate it because everybody else loves it. And so I'm going to find the the weird, every every problem that that is possibly can be conceived. I mean, yeah, I you can, you can overanalyze and you can overcriticize and you can turn everything you can into any show. Honestly. You can do it for any show. One day I will prove it to you all. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Um... Yeah, if you're not guessing already, we we absolutely love it. I I think it was a. There are very few things I can say that I want to change in the show. I thought it was an excellent show. I loved it every single week, so I definitely highly recommend it. Um, I'm looking forward to a blue release. I hope that Crunchyroll. Did you say Universal was going with them. I I thought Somebody at one point them. we talked about Universal and and Crunchyroll partnering up somehow. Yeah. Hope they do a really good job on it. So. Um, yeah, suggestions. Uh, even though we said there's differences there, um, it's the same with every suggestion we make of all these shows. There's always, you know, they're different shows altogether. So 
I am suggesting Attack on Titan. I'm saying it's the same thing. And, and um, remember, same... we we do like Attack on Titan. No, we don't fall into the fandom of it's the greatest thing ever. If you don't like it, you will get a kick from Air uh, from Levi. There's. <laughs> uh, Seraph of the End, <laughs> moving forward, Seraph of the End is definitely another one in the realm of the world's falling apart and trying to build some kind of way of fighting back or living altogether. Uh, God Eater, the same way. Um, definitely recommend that as well. Visually awesome looking show with some great combat sequences. Uh, and again, if you're looking in the area of, if you want to put Cabinary in, uh, in the area of zombies, you can definitely check out High School of the Dead, that same realm of and add grand, fan dark, service. crazy stuff with fan service and comedy as well. Like, a lot of fan service. <laughs> um, yeah. Definitely definitely recommend uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Definitely a great show. I didn't mention it. I was. Uh, I guess that's kind of something we'll leave for that discussion if we end up doing that. But I love the love the Rock on, rock on Shoujo. Is, yeah. is actually has a lot of meaning behind it if people look into that stuff. But like I said, if we do a podcast on it, we'll definitely talk about that. But Rock on Shoujo is actually a very fitting term that they use. So it's cool stuff. Um, and it doesn't mean rock on girl okay it's not rock on shoujo <laughs> my hero academia uh or boku no hero academia the show that streamed on funimation and hulu ran for 13 episodes and uh it's already has a season two confirmed so yay uh, we can we can thankfully not have to run the realm of this is manga bait uh, sort of still is though <laughs> this takes place in a modern setting world where uh it's a little different in the idea that 80 percent of people that are born in this world uh, have these things called quirks, and quirks are basically superpowers. Um, some are useless abilities they gain, uh, or quirks that they gain, um, and some of them are more useful, some of them are dangerous, some of them are... I mean, it, it changes for every single person that gets these abilities, but 80% of the people that are born have these. Um, and it kicks off the show. You start off, you meet Deku, and Deku is one of these people that are in that 20% range. He was actually born without a quirk and they kind of go into why that that's kind of proven and he loves the idea of having a quirk and he because at an early age he had a huge fascination for this particular superhero named All Might and All Might is this person that everybody knows he's just this great hero every time there's this big disaster happening he shows up with a big smile on his face and he he says there's nothing to fear why because I'm here kind of thing. And he saves everybody. And, and so Deku really, really likes this guy. He looked up to him in great admiration. And he hoped for the day that he'd get his quirk so that he can be just like All Might. Um, but unfortunately, reality is worse than anything. And so he has no quirk. And But he's not going to let it bring him down. He decided that he's still going to strive to go to one of the greatest academies ever for people with quirks. Or superheroes, basically. UA, was it UA Academy or was it UA High? I don't know. I want to say it's UA. <laughs> but he wants to go there. And this is the place that all the, you know, it's high dollar place. They they train people the best way. I mean, it's a place to go to if you want to become a hero. So, um, But, of course, that's really not really going to happen really well for him because he doesn't have a quirk. Um, but through circumstances, he kind of uh, try, tries to be it. You kind of meet people around him, like Kachan, who is his childhood friend, who has a quirk, is like a firepower. Mm-hmm. And... Um, doesn't really like Deku because he's still driving even though he doesn't have a quirk. Um, but he still fights on. He he meets All Might at some point and kind of gets a little bit of a kick towards the direction of still going to UA and and uh, becoming a, a hero despite being born without a quirk. So 
I think that's yeah. a good place. <laughs> I, I was like, you're getting really, really close, Andrew. You can do it. Don't do it's, it. It's, don't it's do it. It's one of those struggling things. It's like, at this point, is is it going to be a spoiler? But at the same time, it is one of those things that is a crucial with, part of the show. With, I mean, with, the way, with the way we are, yeah, it is a spoiler. With the way we are. So uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I think we should go ahead and say it, stay there. Um, I, I absolutely love this show. I... I do agree with Andrew because I know one of the first things he's going to point out is it was slow. So slow. <laughs> but I I think that I give this sh- this show probably a bit more uh, leeway knowing that I think that it was trying to chapter end at a good point. Now, I don't know that – I don't know how you could possibly change the pacing and keep it the way it is. I think that it – one of the good things that this show has is it has great characters. It has um, – well, except for one. That, except for one. <laughs> that, <laughs> Thank you. And I think that this that this is one of the, the main reasons why I agree with Andrew on the – how slow it felt is because let's just call him the quote-unquote rival character. And – that character got because of how slow the show felt as a whole his frustration scenes let's just call it that made him look downright psychotic this kid had like over over exaggerated frustration that became because of how much it was extended out it just kind of compounded the frustration. Yeah. It, am I saying that right? <laughs> and so he just came off as flat out psychotic. And it, you, at the end, everybody's sitting here going, I could see him going to the bad side. And it's like, I wonder if that was really how he's supposed to come off. And, and I almost want to read the manga just to see if he came off that same way in the manga because – that's how he's coming off because of the 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 amount of time that you see his frustration. Okay, let me get let me get my negativity out out of the way over here. Um, I come to this with the pure sake of when somebody wants me to review, you know, My Hero Academia, I'm going to come into it saying, okay, this is what the show gave me. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it because, well, technically the manga did this, and thus we can't be too mean. No, I am going to review the show, not the manga. And the show itself, I felt, was extremely slow. And it's one of those things where it's like, it's not slow in the idea that I'm not entertained or I'm upset. It's just one of those things that, at some point, it's like, get on with it. Like, why are we seriously on this again? Like, we're seriously going to, you don't have to show me that flashback again. I've seen it like 15 times. I understand they have this history together. I don't need to see it again. Move on. And yeah, you, 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 you're spot on. And I think a lot of that has to do with these two particular characters that they seem like they want to spend so much time on it to try to drive it out. And that's in the eyes of a show itself. That's detrimental. Do something else. Make something original in between there to pad it out. Not that I want a filler episode, but you could do something without making it feel like a filler. I've seen shows do filler without being feeling fillerish. So you can do that. But at the same time, I also like the show in the idea that... And it's sad to say because it's like, 
I I hate the fact that it's such a drawn out scene. Like every episode felt like it was like I was thinking uh, about a couple days ago. I was like, how do I describe this? And I was like, the best way I can describe it is like episode one, my alarm goes off and I and I my eyes open and I think about how I need to turn off my alarm. And I think about all the times that me and that alarm have been together. Like <laughs> every morning, this alarm has woken me up. And even though I hate the alarm, the alarm does get me up. And then, and then the music cues in, and my hand raises up, and it goes over towards the alarm, and and at the very last second of the of the episode, I turn off the alarm, and then guess what happens? I do the speech about how great that whole situation was, and then episode two, I get up out of my bed. I mean, it feels like it's trying to tell me something that should have taken four episodes in twelve because it's taking so long to do each bit. And uh, my my mention earlier was the idea that it, it sucks that I don't like that, but at the same time, that moment that I turn off the alarm clock is like this huge payoff. This show does that, and the idea that I don't like that it's taking so long to do things, but at the same time, I'm going, man, that felt so good at the very end when that <laughs> when that finally connects and you 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 take down whatever you're tri- the situation you're taking down. It's like it feels good, and it and it great music. And it, and it gets me all ramped up, and I love it for that. It's like, I feel like this just delivered me a home run, even though it took forever <laughs> for that ball to get to the bat. So I'm divided on it. So it's my difficulty. Outside of that, I think it, it, it's got a cool style to it. I don't like some of the character designs, but they grew on me, and I like a lot of the characters after they kind of grew on me. And like you mentioned before, I, I think a lot of the characters are great. I think they have a great cast of characters that I, I look forward to what they can do in the future. It's just sad that we've only dealt with really one of them that we didn't really like. <laughs> um, I love All Might. I think All Might, they, they portray All Might so well. I was, I was wondering how that would work out because I heard everybody talking about All Might. Like, All oh, Might's so great. I didn't know if I was going to like him. But sure enough, when he shows up and he's got that big, huge smile on, it's like, he looks so cool. <laughs> like, I understand Deku now. Like, it took me a while for him to grow me. But literally, I'm doing the chair thing like Deku because it's like, there's All Might. And he's awesome. <laughs> and that's because his show does very well in the, we I, I pointed it as the Bleach-esque thing. The bleach, the bleach power level thing. They do that in this show, and the idea we loved Bleach because it has you know Ichigo and the other guys, and they go into the Soul Society, and then you realize how weak Ichigo is because <laughs> everybody in the Soul Society is like way more powerful than him. Or Naruto, how they have you know Naruto is this punk little kid, and he he gets an ability. Does he like, or something? He's cool. <laughs> he, Naruto did something cool, but then at the same time. It goes, oh, yeah, by the way, here's one of the guys that's, you know, the, the your teacher, and he's freaking super powerful. So you're like, well, crap. There's a difference there. <laughs> they did well in the idea. They, they, they made this level differences, and I like when shows do that because you're like, you're stuck with these kids for so long, and you're like, man, Shoto is insanely awesome. Like, he just freezes everything, and it's like, this is just powerful. But then at the same time, a few minutes later, he turns around and goes, that that guy's powerful. And it's like... I like that. I like that moment of like, no, you're like really powerful. And then he's like, no, actually that guy's really powerful because you know what just happened. And they, they do that very well. And I mentioned it earlier, but adding the music into it, just they have some uh, like like a chorus tracked uh, music that kind of plays up during the more dramatic scenes. So it's got the music playing. It's very dramatic. And then they have like this, this chorus in the background. I think it's just 
great music to go along with it. Yeah, I think the music is played over and over again, but it's kind of similar to Cabinary where it's like, I don't care because it's really epic music and it ramps into it very well. So, And, and you know what's the best part? We got tons of fan service with the Invisible Girl. She was naked pretty much the entire time. Yeah, I know, right? The time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do want to emphasize one of the cool things that I did come out of this show. All the characters felt... Well, okay, all but one character I latched on to. I loved... They, they weren't, like, the greatest character ever. Each one of them had their little... I, I love how the quirks have these kind of downsides to them and those kind of played into each other. You almost want to see the downside just as quick as you see the upside to each one of these these abilities. As the as the quote unquote villains came in and and they then you start seeing the villains and their abilities and their their downsides and it was like that is what this I, I feel like it's each kind of, one of it's these characters to like dark and the black where you have the the I forget what they called it. Um, I think they actually called it a quirk, didn't they? Where they use their ability and they have to do something afterwards in order right. to replenish it. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's kind of how this works. I love that, so that you don't have a character who goes too far over the overpowered level. And I, I, I love that. And I, and I, I oh, think gravity that, girl just vomiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is so adorable. Uh, Sue is great. I love her. I have a, such a hard time deciding which one I love more. It's just so great to have this, this issue with these shows. Um, but yeah, the, I love the fact that each one of these characters felt so well fleshed out. It wasn't just, uh, Okay, here's a here's a slap in here's a character that I'm just slapping in and I'm gonna give her this this ability just so that it can move the, the plot along. I don't I don't I don't need anything more. It they actually feel like these characters are thought out, given a great personality, and then explaining their quirk and then giving them something to to counteract that quirk. So yeah, in the, in the end, I'm kind of mixed on the idea because I don't like how slow it is, but at the same time, it delivered me such some really cool moments and a great cast. So it's like, if you're okay with that repetitive back fla- or, uh, flashbacks and okay with how slow it runs, there's a show here that I think is is pretty cool, and I, I look forward to what they can do with it. Which is probably me. Who? Me. I'm the easygoing guy that can handle. Oh, you it. like everything. You like you like unhappy. So <laughs> I'm kidding kidding they're gonna hate me over that one um rainbow days well no more than 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 me disliking a little bit of uh joker games so you know that's how that's why we work so well together everybody hates you on that one (laughs) rainbow days our next one or najiro days uh this one's finally ended it ran for 24 episodes it's kind of a semi-short i think it was what 14 minute episodes each i think it's around there yeah yeah even though it, towards the later part, it seemed like they had about five minutes worth of recap and then 10 minutes worth of show. Um, but yeah, this one was running for two cores. Um, we finally finished it. And it basically, uh, starting off, you meet uh, Natsuki and his his kind of circle of, of friends. And at some point, he was just kind of down on his luck. I think he said he got he got turned down by some girl during Christmas. And No, I think he got broke up with. But yeah, he was, he was, he was down in the dumps on Christmas Day getting out in the freezing cold and this girl named Anna came up to her. She was work or came up to him. She, her, cause he's basically a girl <laughs> came up to him and offered some tissue cause she was working, handing out advertising tissues and he kind of immediately fell in love with her. And then comes to find out that she's actually in his school 
And um, so he's, he's got a fascination with Anna, and he wants to kind of get with her and whatnot. So uh, the story kind of continues on from there. You, you have Natsuki, you have his friends, and then you have Anna, and you have her friends. And it's almost like this idea of these two parties kind of coming together, hanging out, uh, building relationships, and moving forward kind of thing. Um, I think for the very first segments of the show, it really felt like a comedy, goofy show. And at some point, I think in the the core transition, I think we were talking about like 13th episode, it really started developing into something I was really, really enjoying. I, I think I, I just think the chemistry just really kicked off in that second half, and I started really liking the characters. Granted, I like some of the comedy beats in the first half of the show, uh, especially with like one of the more questionable characters like Keiichi. Um, it wasn't until that second core that I think the chemistry really started kicking off. He started really getting to Anna and her relationship, or what she thinks of Natsuki. No, I think it would be about halfway through the first core, and then towards the middle of the second core is when it kind of started dwindling and focusing on Natsuki and Anna. Well, my, my point really is in the idea that I was just about to let it go, going into the second core. It wasn't that I was hating the show, it was just like I wasn't getting enough out of it. And then you were kind of pointing out, reminding me, you should go check out what's currently yeah. happening. And that's where it kind of really ramped up for me, in my opinion. Okay. So I guess, yeah, you're right. Because you didn't want, you you had gave up after the end of the first It just didn't quarter, feel like it was going anywhere. It didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And that's where it really started going somewhere. And I think it really where it goes is, it, like I said, you have that, what is Anna and Natsuki's relationship? You have uh, Mari, who's Anna's friend, and her kind of struggle with uh, Anna meeting somebody else besides her. Uh, getting into some of the side characters like uh, Suipon and, and Yukiko and their kind of relationship that's already established and all these other things that are kind of around these these, these particular characters. And I, I think it's like one of those shows where it's like I don't think it has like something really compelling and great to say. It's just I love the chemistry of the characters. I like the subtle lo- romances. Even when the characters seem like they're at each other's throats, Mari, <laughs> I still... Just love it, and I love the characters themselves, the voice acting and the and the quirks to each character's not superpowers, um, the quirks of the characters in between each other. I think all that stuff just turned out to be a show that I really, really enjoyed. I mean, it it's not yeah. You don't heavy remember romance. that time that that Nozomi kind of touched that that trash bin and it kind of started floating and 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 Suba Ona kicked it. No, no, none of that happened. None of that happened. None of that happened. Oh, okay. None of it. <laughs> Wrong show. But yeah, I, I I like the characters. I like the chemistry. I don't think it was too heavy on the romance, but it did have some little romance romance flares in there that made it, give it enough that I'm like, I want to kind of root for that character and that relationship. Um, that relationship doesn't seem like it should happen, but I really like them two together, and I think that they're a great pair. And it gave that to me throughout this entire show. And it was really cool that the idea that one coming into it was like, oh, this is going to be a shoujo show. I mean, it's, obviously I'm not going to enjoy this because it's going to be pretty boys and stuff like that but it turned out to be one of those shows where <laughs> i kind of wonder if it's the same on the female end would they enjoy a show like this because it's like this is a show that i shouldn't enjoy but i think it it feels like a show it feels like you know a friend's show like like it has a male and female cast in it but i think both audiences can watch it fully expecting a, an enjoyable show because it doesn't play too hard on the idea of here's pretty boys or here's pretty girls. It just seems like it has a great chemistry between the two sides, if that makes sense. I shouldn't like it, but it's a great show. So it, obviously it's not too shoujo. It's okay, Andrew. Shoujo, Jess. It's okay. 
I I generally very much enjoyed it. Usually when it was centraled around the um, the relationships. Uh, yeah, I I guess in a way that's kind of what Andrew was saying, but I I was not into their humor at, when they were not. Yeah, when, the entire cast was generally together. That's when I was having fun. Yeah, I did have fun when when the couples, quote unquote, were separated and and they had their time together. The only relationship I had a hard time with was the main couple. I don't yes. know why I and had I was, such a hard time. I was time trying with to remember it. why I started falling away from it and that was why is because they kept playing on Anna and not Sakina. I'm like it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere and like you said it was like and, just and, give another and shot and it kind of fixes itself and, and i and don't get me wrong because i do like their chemistry together those two together they they had some very wonderful warm moments that i just truly loved but then there was this it's just not enough to unpack <laughs> they, no they get stuck on their communication issues and yeah. and you have two characters who that's one is awkward one is awkward and the other one's a kudere per se and they don't communicate and it just sucks and then you have another couple they're who's just, just pure two. they're just pure <laughs> too pure but when it comes down to it i had a lot of fun watching these relationships the characters as a huge community together yeah when you had just the boys or just the girls it kind of got a little bit boring but that was pretty much in my, my notes was the idea that this it this show becomes a little weak when it's got that separation but when they come together that's when the chemistry happens and you have that great dynamics kind of kicking back and forth so yeah you're on it it's a it's a seems like a mature show for a change for once oh too. Yeah, it, definitely it, a mature more mature show this isn't one of those like these are moe characters in a in a middle school or anything like this it feels like they're more in the you know, the university size, so they're a little older and they're a little more mature. They're looking for relationships. They're looking to get together. Just like similar where we're talking with Golden Time. It's like it's a, it's a more mature relationship type show. And so that's definitely got points going for it. But don't expect it to do anything like amazing. It's yeah. it's just fun, cute romance. That's about all you got here. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 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 So it's suggested, but don't expect anything amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. Next one you shouldn't expect too much amazing out of is Panda Peace. <laughs> it was cute. This show was streaming on Crunchyroll around for 12 episodes, and it's a school comedy slice of life. Did I mention that? No uh, strengths, no weaknesses, and suggest is the other rabbit. I have nothing. I have nothing. All I can say is its strength is it tells you to go watch Is the Order a Rabbit. Is the Order a Rabbit. <laughs> uh, no, this one basically follows a, a group of girls who kind of end up, they don't know each other at the beginning, but they end up meeting each other through the love of bread and that's basically the show and they're cute you can't hate on it and they can't hate on it because it's cute and that's that's about it yeah you can't hate on it because it's cute have too much requirement there can i finish my sentence i was still talking and you kind of jumped in there (laughs) but sure go ahead you can't hate on it because it is cute but it's not really doing anything and I there and, and it's so frustrating because I I I have to be honest and say a lot of times I I was almost checked out and I've never been that way with a kind of a moe type show. It's just you know, usually usually the the shorts are kind of like short sweet. You get a smile on your face, kind of move on. But this one was kind of one of those ones that 
He has a few cases that even though it's like it's short, it doesn't require much of your time. It just doesn't have anything really to go there. And I think in the final episode, they decided to recap the like five minutes of the show they've had for the <laughs> previous 11 episodes. It was like, why do you need a recap on the 12th episode of a show that's only been running for like seven minutes? It was, cu- it was cute because they were in their pajamas and they were talking about, hey, you remember all those times we did in the other two minutes? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the struggle there. Um, yeah, I, I guess if you like bread, um, they have a few scene, a uh, few episodes where they kind of cook bread, and it's kind of cool in the idea of seeing that kind of made. Um, a lot of stuff in the idea of here's different types of breads, and they talk about the different tastes with each one of them, why they like a certain type of bread more than another. So, if you have a fascination for cooking, cooking shows, uh, bread itself, it definitely makes you want to go and get some bread freshly baked and. I kind of wish I could get fresh baked bread, but that's it there. That's it there. That's about it. No. Pan it, it was cute. It was cute. There you go. Um, our last one for this episode. Dun, dun, dun. Ushio and Tora 2, or Ushio Totora, second season. Uh, this one streamed on Crunchyroll. This second season ran for 13 episodes, but it is a total with the two seasons of 39 episodes. So we finally finished it. So are how are we going to do this? Because technically, quote unquote, spoiler section. Um, I put this at the very end because I want to give people the opportunity. We are going to be talking about the second season of Ushio and Tora. If you want to check out our first season review, we gushed about it just as much there. So you can get plenty of gushing there. Um, but we put a little soft spoiler here. So if you have I, not watched the show, you can go into this and, and talk about if it. If you're even curious in any way, shape, or form, yes, we highly suggest it. Strongly. Super strongly highly suggest it. It is, we are going to make a special section just in our spoiler, th- or in, not in our spoiler, but our, our simulcast schedule. This is, we're making a third just for this one so that we didn't have to lose out on our seasons. And we can still suggest people go and watch this. This is highly suggested by both of us. We loved it. I'm not sure what all we'd be soft spoiling, but like I said, I just want to put that in there just in case Mm -hmm. people know. Um, For those who don't know, though, Ushio and Tora basically follows a boy who, at some point, he's living at a a shrine, basically, with his his father. And at some point, um, he's cleaning their shed, ends up finding this little compartment in the bottom of the shed, opens it up. And finds within there is this demon that's named Tora, and he's got a he's impaled by a spear. Wants him to remove it, said he'll eat him if he removes it, which is kind of a dumb thing to say. So he leaves him. Um, but come to find out later, the essences of Tora is seeping out of this opened sealed door now, and it's drawing in all these spirits. And so Ushio is forced to uh, remove the spear from Tora and set him free to kill the sp- uh, the spirits. And the kind of relationship that comes from that is Tora wants to kill Ushio. He wants to kill the humans, but at the same time, Ushio carries the spear that was impelling him that is ends up being the Beast Spear. And the Beast Spear is this well-known spear that was crafted for the sole sake of killing these evil demon spirits. And that relationship comes from that and the idea of control and the f- desire to kill each other, but at the same time to use each other to be a team to fight against something that's worse. Um, and that the the first season kind of moves on from there to Ushio wants to find out more about where his mother went. And so he's going on this big journey to find his mother. And throughout his journey, he's meeting different people that were supposed to wield the demon spear and also the organization behind uh, that 
kind of that his father ends up being a part of and how they wanted a different person to wield the demon spear or the beast spear in order to kill this kind of really bad thing that has has been sealed away from the past, which is the uh, Hakuno uh, no Mono. Hakuno Mono is this very powerful demon that was once loose in the world and was sealed away and is being kept uh, sealed away. And so there's all these parties that want to wield that spear because they feel that they are the chosen one to wield it. And that's where it kind of moves on into the second season where this is where it does get kind of soft spoiler in the idea that opening up with the first season or the, the second season, it goes into you built all of those relationships. I mean, he was building relationships with demons. He was building relationships with spirits. He was building relationships with people, uh, other people that are fighting against evil spirits. All these organizations, he was building these relationships through the idea that nobody thought that he could be what he want, he what he was doing, but he was proving it to them several times. His relationship between Ushio and Tora was proving it to them several times that he can indeed do this. And in the opening of the second season, the cool thing that comes from that, and again, soft spoiler, suddenly it all goes away. Like, there is a moment where suddenly everybody forgets him. And that kind of breaks everything he's built on. And I can, <laughs> I was really afraid going into the season because it was like, you gotta be very careful with this because this can run into a very boring and overused kind of thing. But they did so well in using that. It was like you had this kind of reset happen, but also at the same time, it makes perfect sense in the narrative of the story itself. It was this idea of, well, let's show you how important that is, basically. Like, everything he's done up until now feels to some people like it might be useless, but they're going to show you how it's not useless and where things would be if he's not here kind of thing. And that was really cool. And that goes on into forward into basically them finally having the big, uh, I mean, this isn't going to be spoiler or anything. He goes to fight Hakum and Nomono. What I really liked about the season was it had that whole thing at the beginning, which I thought was going to be very scary, but they ended up doing really well with it. But it was a really cool wrap up in all the characters in, I love shows that have a big bad but it doesn't negate I, everybody. I, I I do want to kind of compound on what Andrew is saying. They didn't turn this... The, this is one thing that I think just blew me away, is they didn't turn... I've seen, I don't know how many shonen where they have the big bad, but only one guy can go against this yeah. big bad. Yeah, that's what I and hate. They, but they... But, and they made this big bad in such an epic scale yeah that i don't know how to describe it it's one of those things that if i'm hoping that if you get nothing else out of this it's go watch this show you will not get a show like this in a long time i i'd be hard pressed to find a show that's like this they made this big bad such an epic scale then and they didn't discount the side characters? I don't know how else to better say that because I don't want to spoil it. That's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just saying that there's to... nobody that's insignificant in the storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's like I mentioned before where it had that kind of first season where he's meeting all these people and it reminds you this is why they're important. And then it says they're still important. And that's what was great about it. Like even – I mean it's it's toll and spirit bomb territories. But even like the, the world itself, is it, everything plays a part. 
Um, before I forget, though, I love how well they did with Hakuma no Mono because most shows have this, okay, here's a fun adventure, yay, 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 uh, or shown or whatever, and then at some point, 50s episodes later, here's this guy you've never really met. He's a bad guy, and he's super powerful. No, this show has been telling you about this Hakuma no Mono well, and that's, from and that's the very beginning, kind of and by say. the time it finally comes up, it's like... The, the the weird sound effect that they did with the voicing and everything, this was probably one of the most epic big bads come out to let's go fight kind of moments I've ever seen. And that, that's what I was trying to say. But I also wanted to to lay on the extra effect of it didn't turn into just... It's it's no doubt that Ushio and Tora went against Hakuman no Mono. It didn't turn into just Hak- Ushio and Tora against Hakuman no Mono. That's okay. one of the things that I want to imply. I don't want to spoil the, all that, but it wasn't just them. It didn't make the side characters so insignificant. Oh, the that scene they with did- Asako and Mayuko, that tore me up. And with yeah. the first season with Jumei, tore me up. This show had so many moments. Uh... They had a returning character in this this particular season, and his kind of final moment. And I mean, there there's so many emotional and impactful scenes at this show. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I I come in, I came into the show, I got the gist of it. I was like, yeah, this is retrofitted. It, it's got that retro feel. Great set. I mean, that was one of the things we were just chiming on with the first season. Was like this just this has nostalgia written over it. And it seems like the second season, besides Jume in the first season, and the second season altogether really made me, it surpassed my expectations for that. Like, it, it's like, that was, I almost felt like I was downplaying it before by saying it has that that old school nostalgic yeah, feel. Because in it a way, like I kind of think so much more, it, it vastly exceeded my expectations for what this show was offering. It be, like, like I said, I want to go back and redo our review because I was mm-hmm. like, I, I felt like I was downplaying it because it did, this did so much more outside of that. If you listen to our review of the first season, you're still listening to this and you have not watched it and you're going, well, I didn't watch it because you got, you kept saying that it was nostalgia glasses. And I'm like, no, this was far more than that. Don't just forget I said that because this felt like a modern show and they did so much with it, I guess is the best way to put it. Excellent stuff, though. I, I thought that was just absolutely powerful scenes. And like I said before, there was a, a scene with Asako and um, just that that coming together towards the end. I, they did things with certain characters. I'll just say they did say things with certain characters that I I didn't even expect they were going to do. Like, they, they went full-blown into a backstory of one character that I didn't even expect was going to happen. They introduced this mechanic to that particular character that I wasn't expecting. And it it made sense and it was a really cool twist to everything in that final season. So definitely knocked it out of the park. So I, I can't suggest this series enough. I, I, I loved it to begin with because of the nostalgia glasses and the comedy that they were doing. And it, it far exceeded that expectation by doing so much more that I think is just not seen in a lot of these shows, not seen in really shoujo in general or shoujo shonen in general. So awesome stuff. Great show. Can't wait for it to come out on Blu-ray. I definitely, definitely want to buy it. So, um, it makes me want to consider that fifty thousand dollars figure slash Blu-ray set, <laughs> especially with uh, some of the later parts. Though that was that was cool stuff. Um, did we gush enough? I would have. The, the only weakness I put in my outline, the only weakness to this show that I had to offer, 
was that I wish that they had more of an after story. Like, this show could have... They teased a little bit of sequence at the very end, and they did such a mean tease at the end. But this would have done so well with, like, a half... At least a half episode of just after story, like, just to see where characters are going from there. Yeah. They kind of gave it a little bit in that little segment, but I would have loved to have had more of an after story. Because... These absolutely characters went through had so me in much. Tears. <laughs> absolutely had me in tears at the end. <laughs> These characters went through so much that I felt this show deserved to have more time given to just showing me where the characters go from this point. Maybe they'll have an OVA or something afterwards. And, and, that, that and it is, it's it's very true. This is a this is a show where I don't think that they realize how much how much investment you have on the, the characters at this point. I mean yeah. this is a show where you I mean, 39 episodes, that's what? You're wanting everybody to get 15, through it. Like, that was one thing I had was at some point I was like, I want everybody to make it through this. And it just, it, it just, it's, yeah, right? it's tearing me apart. <laughs> you got to make it through this. You got to make it through this. And, it, and, and after that, you, you, you lose, you may, may not lose a couple characters. And there's, there's this, I, I need to, I need something. Give me something. Let me see. These happy characters at the end, and, and you kind of get that, but you know, just not enough. <laughs> I want more. Give me happy, smiley face. Everybody sitting around a table eating food at at Asako's place. Give me that. Come on, just give me that. Everybody's happy. Can't give me that. Um, <laughs> I, I I almost wanted to mention one thing that they did at the very end that I did not see coming, and I cannot believe it happened, but it worked so well. The 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 moment of redemption that they actually try yes, to do, they I was actually like, pulled that off. It, I was like, at one character. You so I cannot, it. I cannot believe they pulled that off at the very end. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no my way. gosh, I did like I that. just did I just tear up for that character? <laughs> <laughs> How could that happen? Um, but yeah, just a huge cast of great characters. I loved all the characters. They were just excellent characters. They were well written. They 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 did enough for each character to touch on their stories. Um, a lot of creative backstories, like I mentioned before, they went into a lot of mechanics and characters that I didn't think that they even had to, but they did, and it turned out to be something really great. Um, a lot of heroic moments, a lot of empowering moments, a lot of really epic moments. Um, and like I mentioned before, just to have a villain that is so well developed and built into and deliver it, deliver it so well at the end. I mean, great show. Like, can't suggest it enough. Such a wonderful story cool stuff did we gush enough it, it just blasted it out of the park like this this in comparison to my hero dactamia the ball came blazing fast he knocked it the bat exploded and the ball flew around the world came back and hit the guy over the head okay i'm using my same analogy gotcha that ball did not move slow i got you <laughs> Came like a train, <laughs> <laughs> the the cabinary train. Just a train. This, and that's what it, that's one of the things that I mean. Out of this season was very mixed, <laughs> for lack of a better term. The shows that we thought were going to do great did did okay. The shows that we weren't expecting did great. Other shows were just knocking it out of the park. It was just a mess of just different things going in the different directions. I had a lot of all over the place on this, this season. I'm, I'm pretty much at the point now where it's like, 
I, Cabinary end, and we were like, they, they stuck that ending on Cabinary, and this is totally past the review section, by the way. Still recommend the show, definitely. Um, it's so great coming uh, coming off of Cabinary's last episode. It was like, they knocked, they, they landed that ending so well. I'm happy with this ending. And now I'm back on the thing of, like, that show gave me so much entertainment and so many cool little moments that I'm like, that has to be in my number one. But then I'm going, every time I think of Ushio and Tora, every time I do that, I go, Oh, that's right. Then there's Ushio and Tora, Chris. <laughs> and and I and I was and I was sitting there going, Okay, I've got Kizniver and then I've got Cabinary and and th- just Okay, and Andrew's Happy got Andrew and- Andrew well, <laughs> and Happy's nowhere near in the level of these two. So I I just I, wanted to hear you say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and and I'm sitting here juggling the two and I'm going well, okay, Andrew, you've got Cabinary, so I can still hold up my Kizniver over here. And then Andrew's like, yeah, but Ushio and Tora. I'm like, but yeah, that's, that's what happens. It's like every time I look at my top five list, and it's this happened with the, the first season with the Ushio and Tora. It was like, here's my top five list. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right, Ushio and Tora. Like, why do I always forget that? And then when I remember that, I go, this changes everything. <laughs> it's like... It's gonna. It has to go up there. Like so, it has so, to go up so there. So we 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 both agreed that we were going to give a special level just for. Ushua. It, it allows us to cheat, and not have to. Yeah, it, give it, it allows us. Else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like we're gonna both say Ushiatora, or we can say, well, let's give it its own section, then we can say something else too. So it it goes along like, but yeah, it, because we could technically say it was three seasons, so it wasn't. It was in a weird where world that that we have to kind of put it in its own special category. But this had the same issue, this season had the same issue I had with the last season, was just this, I came into it going, I'm loving all these shows, how am I going to fit all this into, into a top five list? This is not going to happen. And then, at some point, it's like the shows kind of just went, pew, they kind of petered off. Not that it went bad, it's just they kind of, they kind of lost a lot of all that cool stuff they were kind of developing in the beginning, and you kind of go, did you not have enough here to have enough steam to go through the entire season, or what? But... This has the same issue. I had like a, I had one, two, three, four, five, and then five was filled with a whole bunch of possibilities, and I might kick them up or not. And then yeah, about the eight episode point, it was like, okay, yeah, you can you can go off, you can go off, you can go off, and I'm like, okay, I got my five. I don't have to worry about rezero because that's going next season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely has. Which a lot I of think it's going to dominate next season's block. <laughs> yeah, unless you're like the people on the forums that are going, I wish that we could put that on this season because I'm afraid it's going to just just die in the next season. And it's like. Don't say that. Like suddenly out of nowhere, Rezero just becomes garbage, and it just just falls flat on its face. And no, don't do that. I'll I'll give it all the credit for the first core in that season. <laughs> it's already got the, it's already got that top spot. It's taking it. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this segment of reviews. It's our second part of our spring 2016 reviews. Again, you can find all of our reviews and our first parter on otakuspirit.com. Or if this year listened to this later, you can listen to our other two segments of the spring 2016 season. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed, though. Um, check us out at otakuspirit.com. Go there for our news reviews and coverage of new and old anime, as well as our forum community at the top link up there. Social media links on the right side. Reviews link up the top so you can find all of our reviews easily. Um, but yeah, I think we were like pushing 400 now. So we're, we got a lot of reviews. Too many. I thought we were pushing 500 by now. Well, if you break down cores and everything, I was going just by single title uh, name. But yeah, okay. we've done like re- written reviews and separate cores and stuff, tons of them. You keep track of that stuff better than me. I'm just... Go- I just take the time to sit there and count it, and it takes yeah. forever. <laughs> I don't know why I count it. Every now and then I do. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed, and you all take care. Oh,
Sasa, Oni Genasai, Mikosan, Mikosan, Oni Genasai, Bose, Tuke Ponesho, Kumasan, Kumasan, Amita Osi, Yapa, Bade Chaimashta, Date, Watashita Chite, Zuto, Ishoni Ibushi, Nase, 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 Okay, 